Hello, welcome back to the Property Empress podcast. My name's Richard and with me is Anna Pierce. Good afternoon, Anna. Hello, Hello Richard. Good morning, because it's going to go out in the morning. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Just because we've been <laughs> talking like... for the last three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode, we are going to be talking about something a little bit different and not not as um, structured as I think it normally is about property specifically. Um, so we want to talk about who actually controls the property market. Now, this is probably a subject that you could go on for hours and delve into <laughs> all sorts of angles. Um, but we've just been discussing it off air. And um, <laughs> it's actually very interesting. And uh, I know Anna has got a whole ream of, of things she wants to share about this. Mm. Um, so, uh, Anna, where do you want to start with this? Who controls yeah. the property market? Who does control the property market? Yeah, no, thank you so much, Richard. And it's nice to have you back because we obviously, I had to go solo last week. Um, but yeah, this is a really yeah, my fault. important, <laughs> it's absolutely fine. Like you're going through a lot at the moment with the house move and stuff. So, um, but yes, uh, it's a really, I did a TikTok, I think a few weeks ago now, and I talked about what they don't want you to know about the property market or something or the what's going on in the property market what they don't want you to know and I got a lot of people saying who's they and I've avoided answering this because I wanted to get my thoughts straight because I've been doing property for 12 years and um it's one of those things the more you know the more you realize you don't know kind of thing so I, I I'm just I'm still a student to the property market and I've had this really with everything that's been going on in the market for the last few weeks with the interest rates and inflation and prices now dropping, I've really had quite a light, quite a few light bulb moments. So I really, that's what I wanted to share. I wanted to talk about like, this has been a long time coming, but especially in the last few weeks, I'm really starting to understand this idea of the property market being controlled. And it sounds very conspiracy theory, but I'm going to try and keep it very factual, very clear. <laughs> and obviously as always, people can write in if they've got any questions or anything or anything to share. Um, but I kind of want to take it back because one of the things I've always said, if you follow me and if you listen to pod podcasts and stuff like that, you'll, you'll kind of know that I've always talked about that I don't really buy into this boom bust idea. So a lot of people talk about the fact that property market booms and busts. And I'm like, well, if you look at this, if you look at the history of price data, if you go, you can go to land registry, download it. And the history of price data, which goes back to the 60s, which isn't a huge amount of data because property is very slow, but it is the best data we have. And it's trusting the data we've been given is correct. So when you look back, we've had two price drops in the history of price data. So in the 1990s, where they put interest rates up to 17%, it meant that loads of people were repossessed. People couldn't afford to buy houses. So it basically, it meant that people could, yeah, were struggling. So the property prices dropped because people couldn't afford to buy. And then obviously in 2007, the banks went under um, and the, all the subprime lending and all that stuff went on. Um, and I want to look more into that at some point, but basically the property prices came down again then. But that was very much to do with the banks. So it's kind of interest rates. The first time the banks going under is what we're told for the second one. So this idea of, well, prices just have this natural cycle. I was like, well, not really. For me, it feels like it goes up and then occasionally we have an, an anomaly. So... Um, then there's the 18 year property cycle, which we've talked about before. And again, I said at the time, I was like, what we're, what <laughs> my understanding is, is they, they've used the land price data 
uh, for hundreds of years. And they've looked at that to work out property prices today. And I was like, how is that comparable? When we buy mortgages, the world is so different today than it was 300 years ago. It just didn't make sense to me. So I've never bought into this boom bust. Like I've been very honest about that. And I said, I'm very, I don't mind being wrong. You know, I'm going to trust that that's not the case unless I find out otherwise. So I did, I think a few podcasts ago, I actually did a podcast with, do I think prices about to drop? And I said, no, because I said, well, I don't see why they would just because they're going up. It, it's a whole different ball game than stocks and shares and things like that. There are natural fluctuations. Like there's naturally seasonal fluctuations. So I was like, I just don't believe, I just don't see why it would happen. And that's kind of then pretty much since I did that podcast, then all this stuff has happened and I've started to understand. So basically what's happened is we've obviously had, um, they started putting interest rates up because they we're being told inflation has gone really high. Um, so they have to put in interest rates up to try and bring inflation down. And just so you know, because I thought, well, maybe if property prices come down, that'll help inflation come down. It's actually not linked. So I looked, I looked into it. They look at like a basket of goods um to work out what inflation is basically how prices have changed i have also while i was researching that i've also discovered they can change they can manipulate those numbers they can actually change the goods in the basket so if they want to say we need to put interest rates up they can potentially change the i don't know i i don't know i'm on the fence about that but apparently it's not as clear-cut as we are led to believe is what i'm saying but basically inflation went really really high and we've seen it like the cost, you know, the cost of living is very expensive and things like that. We see it. So it makes sense that that kind of, you know, is what has happened. So they've put interest rates up to bring down inflation. So the first thing that really got me was that they didn't put, so they put base rates up to 3%, but mortgages were like 6%. So the banks didn't go to 3%, they went to 6%. And I was like, why have they done that? And Basically, I was uh, trying to think when it would have been. I think it was in June. No, the last time, I can't remember. Sorry, the time scales have gone off. But when I was teaching my last buy that course, it was around that time I spoke to my mortgage broker. And he says, when I was talking about the, the um, interest rates and things like that, I, he told me the interest rates. And I was like, that makes everything unaffordable like it does you can't do property you can't do property the rates that they put like to six percent I was like it just doesn't work so on my course I was saying they're gonna have to bring them down and I realized that the banks were gonna have to bring them down because otherwise they um it just doesn't work it just doesn't work and if you're taking out all the landlords everything is effed I'm not gonna swear everything is effed so it was all these seeds, basically. I'm, I'm very conscious as well. I'm probably not making much sense, but bear with me. So there were these seeds being sown for me. And then I've had subsequent conversations with my mortgage broker. And basically he was like, the banks do not want to lend to you. They're lending at 70% loan to value. They're doing 5.8% interest rates fixed for five years. So I was like, they're not, they are specifically saying, we do not want to lend to you. And I was like, maybe it's because price is about to drop. And then I realized that they were bringing prices down. And that was basically, the, that was my big, like one of my many light bulb moments. I realized that the bank, because I was like, why are the banks acting this way? And it will all become apparent in a minute. But basically they put interest rates up above what it should have been stops lending basically and of course now prices are starting to drop because if you can't if you have no one buying and the mainstream media are feeding you this narrative of this bust cycle 
then it's starting to have prices drop. So then I started looking back and I started thinking about things. And I went back to the pandemic because I started thinking, why would banks be doing this? So I went back to the pandemic and I was remembering when, because we had just before the pandemic, we had Brexit. Do you remember they, all the mainstream media were like, oh, property prices about to crash. And they didn't crash. And I was like, doesn't make sense to me why they'd crash. So then we had the pandemic. And I remember having a conversation with Drew saying that the property market is being paused. It's because he said, I wonder if, you know, what's going to happen to prices. I said, well, it's being paused. I was like, I think we'll see nothing really happen. And then when we open again, it'll bounce back. And that's exactly what happened. But around the same time, the government's best advisors said prices are going to drop. So they incentivized the market. And I was saying at the time to Drew, I was like, what are they doing? I was like, they're overcooking the market. They're, they're generating. I was like, the prices were never going to drop. And they've over, like they're creating this crazy like boom. And it, and I don't, I don't buy into the boom bust, but I was like, well, when you throw incentives at a market that's doing quite well anyway, it just went whoosh. And we've seen the last three years of prices going insane. But just because they've gone insane doesn't mean they're going to drop unless you suddenly whack interest rates up really high. You tell everyone that prices are going to drop. And I was like, again, I just sat back and I thought, this is all orchestrated. That's why it didn't make sense to me because I was trusting that the banks were doing what I had been told they do, basically, which is they're regulated. You know, we have a separate monetary policy committee doing base rates. You know, we have the government setting policies and all that kind of went out the window for me, basically, when I started looking deeper into this. Um, so then I started going a little bit deeper again. And I was like, well, the banks are regulated. So how are they able to do this? And basically, I went down a bit of a wormhole. And it's stuff that I've known for a long time, but everything seemed to kind of tie together. So actually, there's a couple of things. So the banks are owned by there's a group of families that own that started most of the major banks. And they also own the mainstream media. So you have the people that own the banks, the mainstream media, like they're connected. So when you have like the main, what the mainstream media do is they, they affect how people think and how people feel and their understanding. So when we're fed by the mainstream media, the landlords are the problem. They're the ones taking first time buyers houses. They're pushing house prices up. That's why I get vitriol on my social media because, and I believed it. I believed it myself because I read the, you know, I used to read the mainstream media and I was like, why am I getting blames for buying these cheap, disgusting houses that are unmortgageable and first-time buyers wouldn't buy? We're putting cheap offers in, so we're definitely not putting prices up. Why am I getting by? If I buy like five houses, I'm not having a huge effect. It's like there's, because I used to work in pensions, so I know most pension schemes invest in property. I was like, you have a multi-million pound pension scheme owning property. So the corporate landlords, a whole different ballgame, but they, they're not a face. Like they, so people don't, people will tell, I get people messaging me, begging me not to buy houses. And I'm like, I'm not the problem. And then when you realize, so more recently, what we're having is the banks are all announcing that they're going to be buying a bucket load of houses. They're going, they're going to go nuts. So then I was like, what's the actual hell? So the banks are forcing prices up. Oh, I've missed an important part. But the banks are basically pushing prices up. They're pushing prices down and then they're going to buy houses. Like you can't have that. You can't have that. Like you can't have that with um, in stocks and shares. Again, I assume, I don't know, maybe they do. But you're not meant to be able to manipulate the prices to your advantage. And then when you add in the fact they also own the, the media and they're helping us to, you know, 
because prices will only come down if people are told prices are going to come down. Like there's no reason why prices should come down and, you know, unless the rug is pulled out, you know, we're taught. And, and actually if we weren't, prices wouldn't come down if we weren't so dependent on mortgages. So the other thing I wanted yeah. to say, cause it is a little bit of scasca and I do apologize, but I'm trying to get all the information. And I'll try and pull it together at the ends. But when we talk about the price, their house prices, like again, I get told I'm pushing up house prices because landlords are buying properties. When you actually look at that, and again, this is a light bulb moment for me. Quite a long time ago, when someone posted on one of my, like commented on one of my videos um, on TikTok, and they said that house prices are what they are because the average UK house price is two times the uh, average UK salary, uh, two times the average UK salary times four and a half times so basically because ev almost everyone tends to buy with mortgages and they tend to max out the mortgage like so you you get told you can borrow like four to five times usually your salary so if i was earning 50 grand a year then or you know if our household was earning 50 grand a year we could borrow 200 grand so that's what we'd be buying at um so when you actually look at it and you realize literally the prices are dependent on what mortgage you can get for your salary then it's not lit. And we talk, we talk about it's all supply and demand. It's not, it's based, it's the house prices are based on the lending because that's what yep. we're told. You have to get lending to buy a house because who who can afford like where I live, it's like, you know, probably the absolute cheap. I mean, we've family of four, so we'd need like, you know, at least two or three bedrooms. Like we'd be spending at least 300 grand. You know, who has 300 grand in the bank? Again, how did it come about that we're buying a 300,000 pound property you know, it's an average person, I don't know what the numbers are, say an average person is earning six, uh, 30 grand. So in a couple, maybe they're earning on average 60 grand. Um, you know, who can afford what 200, like, I don't know, 300 grand's property. Who who can afford 300 grand? We've been told you can use mortgages and pay them down over the lifetime. I'm sure the original intention was very good and pure, but the, 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 pro, uh, the profit side has come in. So when you understand that property prices are so high because they want because of the mortgages. And of course, when you look at all of this, who's benefiting from people using mortgages, buying properties that are really, really, because everyone goes property prices are really high. Who's benefiting from that? Well, the banks are making the interest. They're not borrowing at the rates they're giving to you. They're borrowing much cheaper and they're, yeah. they're making profit from that. It's not their money either. They're printing money and they're borrowing money, but the banks are profiting from the fact that house prices are high. Who is profiting from the fact that interest rates have gone up? the banks, because okay. like I said, they didn't go up to 3%, they went up 6%. Who is profiting from the fact that house prices have boomed over the last three years? The banks. Who is profiting from them coming down? Because surely the banks wouldn't be profiting because if prices come down by 10%, they're losing part of their, you know. But they're not, if you get repossessed, say the interest rates go up and you get repossessed, the banks take the property and there's not enough equity for them to get all their money back. And they, so if they basically have to sell the property, they take the property off you and they put it on, they sell it cheap to get it got sold. If you owe them a hundred grand and they sell the property for 90 grand, they will still come for you for that 10 grand. The banks will not be out of money. If you get repossessed, you yeah. will be out of money, but they won't be out of money. So the price is coming down, doesn't affect the banks. But when you realize they're buying cheap houses, they're cleaning up the, the cheap properties, like every step of the way, the banks are making all the money. So the banks have a yeah. massive influence. I hope I've made all of this clear. I know it's not perfect. It's not, I've missed bits. I've probably misunderstood some bits, but the energy of what I'm understanding, when you look at who benefits from all this, it's the banks, the banks, the banks, the banks, the banks. 
added into the fact that the people that own the banks also own the mainstream media. And you can look into this. This isn't, you know, this is very well understood. You can go on TikTok. I went, it was one of the places I was looking, like trying to understand the history. Again, it's not that, you know, I mean, you can really go down a wormhole and people are like, you know, these, these, um, I know there's a lot of theories about these families. For me, I don't think anyone really has, you know, I don't think particularly a family setting up a, a business that happens to be bank. I'm sure it was originally with beautiful intention, but I think as you take away the, as you then get into, it's a business that has to make money and it makes a lot of money. Um, you know, then it becomes about money making and then that's, you know, the goodness can get pulled out of it sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think you're more generous than me. I think that they've <laughs> always, I think that has always been the intention. I don't think they've ever had good intentions. I think the plan was people need money and we can rinse them for it. I think mm. it's as simple as that. And then they've just grown that as a business. I mean, yeah. Again, they're there to make money. The banks are there not to keep your money safe. They're there to mm. make money for themselves. And the fact that they're buying, like I said, they're not buying five houses yeah. they're buying fifty thousand at a time and of yeah, course they're... how do we how do we know this we get told through the mainstream media so yeah. the way that it is told to us is done you know very matter-of-factly very like it's all it's all to control the messaging and to control like how we perceive it because if anyone else did it can you imagine if like elon musk you know manipulated this at Tesla shares or the Twitter shares mm -hmm. and then and then said I'm gonna buy I'm gonna force the price down. I'm gonna you know bomb the pricing then <laughs> I'm gonna it. buy loads yeah. of them like there'd be uproar but because it's the people it's uh, the per people doing it controlling the messaging um but I don't want to share all of this to it's to honestly it I don't I think this kind of information you have to be ready to hear it like because it, it is very confronting maybe you should have put a trigger warning on the beginning of this it's very confronting <laughs> because it's very unsettling to think that what we're being told is not the truth um and I think it's taken me 12 years to get to this place so if you're new to this I'm giving you this information it might be quite difficult to take and like I say take you know I this is my understanding my interpretation I'm very much um I if it doesn't make sense it's probably not true like that's kind of how I like to think of things but the more I've looked into this the more it makes sense to me I don't have all the answers I don't know exactly how it all works I have a lot of questions and I'm going to keep looking into this but the when it just does it ultimately falls down to it doesn't make sense to me that there should be this boom bust cycle and then as we're going through this what they would call a bust phase I'm like well it's not a natural thing this is what the banks are doing they're it's the banks driving this. And I'm like, why are they driving it? And then I'm like, oh, and then I look at everything else. So, but it's not to instill fear. It's really to empower and enlighten. But also one of the things that the, the beautiful silver lining for me that's come out of understanding all of this is that it has shed a lot of guilt for me. I, I have always held back with my property investing because I've always been like, am I taking houses from other people? Am I yeah. being a horrible person? Am I doing a disjustice to society? But only this week, I've had a really beautiful conversation with one of our tenants and it's such a small thing that they have said the bathroom's really cold. They'd really like a heated towel rail. Would it be possible to get one put in? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like not a problem. So I've got someone that's going to put it in. And then the person was like, do you want me to supply? And I said, oh no. And I went back to the tenant and I said, oh, do you want to send me a photo of, you know, the kind of towel rail you want? And we'll, you know, we'll get it. We'll, we'll get buy one for you and get it fitted. And the tenant was like, 
really surprised. I mean, she's been, it's one of our long-term tenants. She's been with us for a good, probably eight years, but she was like, oh, that's so kind. Thank you so much. And I was like, why is, why is that kind? Like, it's your house. It's your towel rail. Like, you know, it didn't occur to me that that was, and then I went back to the electrician who's going to uh, put it in and they actually came back and said, oh, that's really nice of you to that. And I was like, what, what, <laughs> why is that? Why is that considered? That's why would I not do that? You know? And I forget like we, the way that we treat our tenants is so different from, I think what the perception is probably the reality is a lot of tenants and landlords have a great relationship, but what we're fed is scum. What's it? Scum, uh, slum landlords and bad tenants. And it's like, no. So, but I've realized this week, I was like, I'm doing a good thing by owning houses because otherwise it's gonna be the banks owning houses, making more money. They're going to squeeze us, manipulate us. I'm like the more houses, someone like me and you Richard and our listeners can buy and be really good landlords and help because it's ultimately around the people in the houses it's the tenants it's the homeowners Mm -hmm. the more people can feel safe and secure and empowered like because when we're fed this you know because a lot of our tenants are worried about you know being evicted and I'm like we're not going to evict you like you're paying your rent you're looking after the house we're not going to evict you like we're not going to sell the houses you know you're fine you know, the more people can feel safe and secure. And if you're living in a house with the bank, you know, if you've got a mortgage, know what it is you're dealing with. So, you know, be under no illusion. But the more you realize what's happening, the more you can work with the truth of the system, I guess is what I'm saying. So for me, it's about enlightening, helping as many people as possible to see the truth, of what's going on so that they're not blindsided so they can work with it. But also if you want to be a property investor, one of the things, particularly as a woman who held me back, was this guilt. And we don't have to feel the guilt because it's not the truth. The more houses we can buy, the more tenants we can put in. You know, we specifically market DSS welcome, credit issues welcome, pets welcome. We are we are helping the minority of people who hi Richard's dad. <laughs> we're helping the people who are again really struggling. So it's a good thing what we're doing. So it's just for me, it was a really interesting shift in my perspective, realizing that this is what I should be doing and I should be doing it more. You know, I should be buying more houses and helping more people. And also for me personally, I should be sharing how anyone could buy. If you feel you can't afford to buy your own home, anyone can buy their own home. Just don't look at mortgages because a good at least half of the population can't buy their own home when they're looking at using mortgages. But if you look outside of mortgages, everyone can buy. So I need to be sharing that message. Anyone can buy their own home. And then also the landlords and tenants, like don't listen to, you know, you can have a beautiful, beautiful, you know, uh, partnership with your tenant or landlords. And then obviously, you know, go and buy houses and be a good landlord and work with the system, you know? So for me, what are the banks doing? The banks are buying because prices are coming down. So freaking get out there and buy some houses. This is not financial advice, by the way. (laughs) Get out there and buy houses, you know? Yeah. And yeah, sorry, Karen. I was just saying, I think, yeah, I think how you position that, like, if you think of yourself as, like, the buffer between the banks and the people, mm. you know, you are the protective buffer that you want to provide a good house and a good property for them to live in. And, you you know, you're taking the sort of crap from the bank. Yeah. So the other people don't have to. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Be the Be the buffer. <laughs> yeah. Buffer. But, yeah. So that's kind of where it's a bit different, but I think it's an important truth to share. Um, 
And I just think, yeah, I'm going to share more about it on social media, I think. But I think that ultimately the message is, you know, I love the idea if people are feeling, because I think sometimes you could be like, well, I don't want to work with banks. How do I do it without the banks? And I kind of flip between that. Sometimes I'm like, well, I'll just work with angel investors and never have to work with banks again. And that might well happen. But also I'm like, I'm not going to cut off like the easiest way of me. If, if you work with the system, but don't get, don't get, don't become dependent on it, like work with the banks, but don't be dependent on it. Then you're kind of winning overall then, you know. Yes. <laughs> Shut the door. Are we cutting that bit? Or <laughs> no, that's Richard's fine. dad's that's just fine. got high when he's just covered and <laughs> talked. Banging and making noise. He's, he's, that's <laughs> the thing. It's such exciting stuff that it's drawing people into the conversation. Like we're manifesting <laughs> people coming in. <laughs> people at the windows. Go away. Yeah. But it isn't to scare. It's just to go, this is the reality. Let's work with the new reality. Um, and I do, I do genuinely apologize if I have triggered you, if this is something that you've found difficult to hear. Because I know, I think I would have struggled with this like 12 years ago fast starting, I think. Um, I come from a very mainstream family, I guess, for want of a better word. Um, yeah. But I, I think, yeah, been woken up over the last few years. I think if you've, as long as you know that your, your intentions are good and you're doing this to, because you do, of course, look, you want to make money and a living for yourself. Of course you do. That's not a crime. That, you know, people feel bad about making money. It's not a problem. As long as your your intentions are, are good and, you know, you want to provide, you want to make money by buying houses, selling houses, renting houses out, that's fine. But you're not doing it to be like a, like a slum landlord. You're doing it because you can provide people with good homes, a place to live. Because when you're looking for a rental place, if you're the renter, rentee, whatever you just some... <laughs> For someone looking for a rental place, whatever you are, <laughs> tenant, yeah. Um, we're not allowed to call tenants anymore, are you? you they've got to be oh, really? Yeah, I think that they've tried to ban that word. Why? I don't know. Oh, okay. Some stupid reason. How am I not? Um, how am I only just hearing about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's some like I don't know. Whatever you're supposed to. But I'm going with tenant anyway. If you're a okay. tenant and you're looking for you're looking for a place to rent, it's really hard because. You know, you might not be in a position to buy, so you just want the best place you can to to rent, and you want somewhere secure, and you want somewhere nice, and you want a landlord that's responsive. And if we all know that we are those landlords, then what's the problem? You're providing a okay. home, you're stopping the bank getting their grubby mitts on the house. Um, yeah, and it it carries on, you know. And then don't forget the because the banks will hold those houses for forever, you know. Whereas you might be thinking, I'll hold it for 10 years, 20 years, and then you'll sell it into the market and it will go back into the market. Um, oh, and yeah. of course, that's why, because the thing is they, you know, most lessing agencies and landlords are like, they only want people with good credit. So that's why, sorry, it's another thing. It's like, it's just interesting, the whole energy, it's not a conscious thing, but the energy of, if you if you have good credit, 
then you are part of the system. Like you're, you've, you've been good to the banks because you've borrowed. Because if you don't have With any friends, credit, yeah. I don't know if people know this, but if you don't have any credit cards, because I remember my father-in-law once said, oh, I've got good credit because <laughs> I don't use a credit card. I was like, no. So got, get good credit. You, you have to credit have rating. credit. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have yeah. terrible credit necessarily, but to get good credit, you have to use credit and pay it off and show that you can be responsible with your credit. They want to see a history. Mm -hmm. They want to see a footprint. So of course, if you have shown that you've been good with credit, then that no wonder energetically, no wonder the banks prefer that and they won't lend to people who have like bad credit. Because yeah, we you've had, specifically yeah. rent to people with bad credit because we know that they will pay their rent because of how they're treated by everyone else. So yeah, it's just interesting. If just yeah, it's almost like a <clears throat> it's almost like a membership for the banks, isn't it? Like yeah. are you are you've paid us money before in interest? Because if you've had credit, you've paid interest most likely. Yeah. Oh you've so you've paid loads of interest before to us. So you basically paid to join our little club. Mm. um so we'll let you let you borrow more money from us and exactly. it's like they're doing you a favor it's like hey oh no 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 you're paying for a service yeah. you're paying a ridiculous amount for a service they're providing which is just lending you money that is owned by someone else yeah yeah they're laughing let's start a bank <laughs> yeah. you do can that. do you know you actually can do that let's you do can it. start a bank but we'll start a property bank and we'll only only lend mm. to investors yeah exactly mm. but yes so, um, yeah, it's a bit of a wormhole when you go down. And there's pro I probably missed loads of stuff off, but that's the crux of it. Um, but I think it, the, the message really is to work with the system and not fear it. Because a lot of people are like, you know, pulling away because they're like, price is dropping, so I'll pull away. And mm -hmm. it's like, for me, I'm the opposite. I'm like, go, I'm leaning in. And it's like, of course, the bank, the banks are like, oh, it's too scary to buy. But, you know, not even secretly doing it in... <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> hidden in plain sight, like they've gone yeah. and they're buying loads of cheap houses. It is really interesting that they're they're sharing that. They're they're telling everyone openly we're buying loads of properties. Um, very interesting. And that's the thing is once you see it, you can't not see it. And that's that's no. what I've experienced. So yeah, I think I I don't believe because mortgages really took holes. Um, Oh gosh, I did some research on this a while ago, but it got it really took hold. I think it was like the late nineties, early two thousands, if I remember rightly. So I kind of feel that, and you can see it with the with the um, land registry history of price data. You can kind of see because obviously it used to be, you know, it just wasn't as widespread, and obviously you wouldn't borrow as much as you do now. So you can really see as it takes hold. So it's been decades of this. Um, but yeah, it is very much one. So yeah. I don't think originally, I think I'm wondering whether the first price drop in the nineties, whether that was, I think, I feel like that was maybe more of a natural thing. Um, whereas now I'm like, no, it's just completely orchestrated to make money by the big corporations. Yeah. I think, I think the key so points it's not the to take are. Oh, sorry. Karen. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, I think the key points are don't be afraid of this. Understand how it works. Don't, mm. there's no point fighting it because you're not going to, you're not going to win. So, understand where you can fit into this sort of system how you can use it to your benefit and you know once you understand where where things are going like i said just like we were saying off air that follow follow it along follow what the banks are doing what are the banks doing you know they are buying property that's what they're doing you know um just because they're making it hard for you to buy property because they're giving you stupid high rates um doesn't mean property is a bad idea it's mm. the lending to do it is a bad idea so exactly. think of other ways to do it. that's exactly what i was just thinking i was like when because so many people go i can't afford to buy it's that you can be you're, you're thinking you have to use a mortgage it's exactly the same here you can yeah. absolutely 
buy houses, be a property investor, be, you know, financially stable and provide an amazing service and provide beautiful houses for people, you know? Um, I got distracted then. I was thinking... (laughs) thinking of you gave an analogy about the seagulls uh before and i was thinking oh we should say that analogy and now i've got a completely off track of my point uh what was my point i can't remember did you want to share no. that analogy where you said about the it was the seagulls wasn't it with the ships i said i said the the, the banks are like the fishing boats just trawling mm. everything and then uh we're the seagulls just following following the trawler just follow what they're doing yeah. pick pick yeah. up all the bits that they miss with the houses they miss and the things that they give up just Again, there's no point trying to sink the uh, the fishing boat, is there? Exactly. Just follow it yeah. along and pick up the bits you can. Yeah, exactly. Weird analogy. We've gone weird. Yeah, we did. We did. We talked about some yeah. really weird things before, but yeah. Um, we we but... talked about potatoes earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? Like, not everyone <laughs> should make potato or should grow potatoes. We're talking about, no. and again, it kind of does apply. We were talking about variety and the fact that, you know, nature loves diversity and variety. And we were saying about the fact that, um, you know, that when you're working in groups, when you're a property investing, you're like, you, and actually, the, I guess the way I'd look at it from, from anyone who wants a house, like, like it's a primal need to have somewhere to land, somewhere to land at the end of the day, sleep soundly, you know, have somewhere to be warm, safe, protected. So I personally think rather that because there's this whole thing of like, again, we're kind of fed this, that the home ownership thing is a really big thing. Because in other countries, they're like, why would I own my own home? Like everyone rents. But for us, the home ownership is a really big thing. But I think as much variety as possible is best because we have done both. We've lived in our own home that we've owned. We've rented properties, lived in my mom's spare room as well. Um, you know, but I think we need, it's about choice you know, and people who want to live in a home that they own should be allowed to do so. And they should have variety of choice for how they do so. So mortgages, brilliant for probably a good half of the population. That's fine. For the other half, it's not that you can't do it. You just need choice for doing it. So that's why I'm always talking about, well, use all the techniques I'm talking about to buy your own home. Cause that's what we did. They use lease options, use angel investors, that kind of thing. So it's all choice. And it's the same thing with renting. We choose to rent because I like the freedom of when we, because I'm not very patient. And when I'm like, right, I'm ready to move. I don't want to wait months till the house sells and the legals go through. I'm like, I want to move and I want to do it tomorrow. (laughs) So I'm a nightmare to live with. Um, So it's about the choice and about having variety. And it's like, I want to be able to, like when we were looking to move, because we only moved just over a year ago. We, we had, and I was talking about this as well, this whole, it's a whole, I'm not going to go into it now. The, we're told there's not enough houses. I don't believe that anymore. I think we are, I just don't think it's the truth, personally. And I know there's lots of statistics. That's what I've always felt. Well, there's statistics. And it's like, I just don't believe it. Where all the, anyway, when we decided to move and um, I was very much, I was, I had friends looking in the area. They were like, there's no houses. There's like, I can't get anything. I've been looking for ages. And I was looking for similar houses, houses to them. I was like, oh my God. We started looking, the first three houses we looked at, we really liked. And the landlord, we got offered all three houses by the landlords. So we know how what landlords are looking for. So we could pitch ourselves really well. Um, but we had three houses. But we had like a trust that owned it. We had like someone who lives here, but uh, the one we moved into, she owns it, but she lives abroad. She might, she'll probably come back at some point. And then the third one was the property, a, a, a individual property investor. So again, having a variety of landlords options is good because yeah. what would work, you know, because a lot of people probably wouldn't want this house because she's going to, we know she's going to move in at some point. Whereas, 
arguably a trust is probably the longest, you know, better long-term thing. Yeah. But as much variety as possible. So yes, coming back to your potato, not everyone should be growing potatoes. <laughs> it's still relevant. <laughs> still relevant. We got it in there. <laughs> so yes. Um, okay. So. How long have we been talking? About. Oh, that's okay. Fifty minutes. That's okay. It's all right. No, it's not. It's like. I mean, we need to edit. I'm at 37. Did I not start recording on time? <laughs> oh yeah, 37. No, no, we're right. We're right. We're right. We're right. <laughs> Um, okay, so like I said, this was a little bit of a different episode this week, um, but it's still important. Like I said, it's still important to understand where everything works and, and how you fit into places. Um, so maybe next week we'll uh, move into a more more practical episode for you. Mm. How about that? What did you have in so, mind, Richard? <laughs> well, um, well, I think, do you know what? Actually, I think one of our most popular episodes was actually about rent to rent. I knew you were going to say rent to rent. Yeah, go ahead. Because it is it is our most downloaded show about rent to rent, so maybe we need to um, break down about rent to rent because we did that a good while ago now. But we did so maybe we, we have done a follow up rent to rent since. Okay, I'm sure, well, we have. I feel I like we should know, know more of our episodes. I think we, we did how to get started with the rent to rent more recently, mm-hmm. but that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll have a look. You know the, us. The thing. So the. The, with the rent to rent, the the mo- my most asked question is how do you convince landlords to rent to you? Yeah. So yeah. maybe just about that entirely, like because we've done the how the to question. get started yeah. with rent to rent, but certainly the communication would be a really good one. Maybe. So if you're interested and you'd like to, if you have an, a different topic you'd like us to cover, then where can people email Anna? Uh, you can email me at Anna at Anna Pierce, which is P-E-A-R-C-E dot com. Uh, you can also use the contact form on my website, propertyempress.com. Um, and you can also private message me on Instagram as well. Wonderful. If you want to find me, I am pretty much property on uh, Instagram. Um, I think there's a Twitter as well, but don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> but you can just email the show and uh, we appreciate everybody listening and watching along now. So don't forget, actually, yes. YouTube. Let's head to YouTube, everybody, because uh, these podcasts are now being recorded. So um, if you want to <laughs> see our shocked faces, uh, then you can do so on YouTube. So, uh, Or if you want a... to see Rich's dad, more importantly. Oh, yeah. Little guest appearance there. <laughs> guest appearance. <laughs> Bless your dad. Bless him. Um, bit of work. 75. Bit of work today. Look at that. Is he? What's mm. he doing? A... Is he isn't he lorry a lorry driver, driver yeah. yeah. And that's, I never yeah. thought about that. He's a lorry driver and you're a train driver. Yeah, I know. Look at that. Mm. Not oh. for long. Not for long. 126 days. days. <laughs> 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 Woohoo! 126 <laughs> days. Then you are officially a full-time uh, professional property investor. Yes, I am. And podcaster. And podcaster. And Absolutely. Podcaster. Um, that's so, very yeah. exciting. All the links to all the YouTube and the social medias will be in the show notes. Um, or if you're watching on YouTube, they're in the description below, so you can find them there. So um, nice. thank you so much. So lovely thank talking you. to you again, Anna. Yeah, thanks so much, Richard. Thank you, everyone, for listening or watching, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. See you later. Bye. I can wave now, and it makes sense. See? Yeah. I, used to do it, I used to do it audio only, and no one knew. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Bye.